Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that you will use this city as a tool of witness in the lives of those who are struggling to live godly for you. I pray that it will bring deliverance and set the captive free. Lord, as it goes beyond the prison walls, the highway and byways, that it will compel those to come unto you. Lord, those that are struggling, that they'll begin to live victoriously. And Lord, when that race is over and it is all finished, Lord, they can come unto you and you will say, Well done, thy good and faithful servant. In Jesus' name. Luke 17 verses 11 through 19 there are a lot of times that the Lord used Matthew Mark Luke and John and a lot of times they showed uh, their creativity if you please in their writings they they would give an account and another one would give the same account but he have a little different spin on it or a different perspective well unfortunately in this case this is the only gospel that you'll find this account in in Luke 17 verses 11 through 19 the bible says and it came to pass as he went to jerusalem that he passed through the midst of samaria and galilee and as he entered into a city or as he entered into a certain village there met him 10 men that were leopards which stood afar off somebody said why was they standing afar off I'm glad you asked. We'll answer that question a little bit later. Then verse 13 says, and they lifted up their voice and said, Jesus, master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said unto them, go show yourself unto the priest. And it came to pass that as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw he was healed, turned back. And with a loud voice glorified God. And he fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. And Jesus answering said, were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? There are not found that return to give glory to God, save this stranger. And he said unto him, arise, go thy way. Thy faith have made thee whole. Eternal God, once again, we come before you humbly, Lord, realizing that, Lord, it's only in you that we live, move, and have our very being. So, Lord, right now, your servant truly needs your anointing. Would you lend me that anointing that, Lord, will destroy every yoke and fetter in this house? Cause that anointing, Lord, to convict and convince and convert somebody today. Let, let me be found, oh God, an oracle today that, Lord, you will get all the glory. Lord, once again, let me be found decreasing as we watch you increase. And if there's anybody in the house of God today that has never come to know you in the parting of their sins, they never come to, to meet you personally Lord, this day, let them arrive to that point. Let somebody repent of their sins and be baptized today in Jesus' name for the remission of those sins. And, Lord, we desire you to fill those that are here that have never received the Holy Ghost. Let them receive, Lord, your spirit today. When all these things are said and done, 
we'll remember to give you the glory, the honor, and the praise that everyone say in Jesus' name. If you would allow me, I just want to focus your attention on verses 15 and 16. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back with a loud voice glorifying God and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks, and he was a Samaritan. He fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. Lord, I just want to say thank you. Now turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, when's the last time you really thanked him? God bless you. You may be seated. Lord, I just want to thank you. I'm reminded of a song that Andre Crouch said as he began, I guess as a songwriter, began to grapple with the idea of giving God thanks. And he says, Lord, how can I say thanks for all of the things that you've done for me? Things so undeserved, but yet you gave to prove your love to me. The voices of a million angels could not express my gratitude for all that I am and ever hope to be. I owe it all to thee. To you, God, be the glory. Amen. And as we have just experienced a weekend full of family, friends, and food, we acknowledge this time known to us as Thanksgiving. However, if we are not careful, we'll miss the real meaning of this wonderful time of the year. And then we'll limit it to November the 23rd instead of recognizing that every day is a day of thanksgiving (laughs) unto the Lord for his goodness and his mercy toward us as a nation, as a people. How soon we forget to give him the thanks for all he's done for us. Oh, my Lord. I'm I'm looking at a bunch of blessed people. Somebody said, well, you know, I'm, I'm looking at you. Somebody didn't wake up this morning. Somebody didn't have a roof over their head. I'm telling you, if you want to develop right now in this service a spirit of gratitude, just think about the people in California. I I looked at them as uh, the news was going, and they were showing how some people, some prominent chefs got together, and they cooked them a tremendous Thanksgiving meal. And when they walked by, You could see their faces. They were so grateful and thankful. And and they had interviews with some of them. And they began to tell them how they have lost everything. But yet and still they said, I'm thankful to God that my life was spent. You, You see, if we're not careful, we'll lose focus on how thankful we ought to be for what we do have. And they 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 had a meal like no other. And as they were passing by. You couldn't tell who was who because that's what tragedy does. Tragedy puts us all on the same playing field. Some of those that were in the line to get food were rich people. Some of those that were in the line were doctors and lawyers. Some of those that were in the line were people that were destitute prior to, but you'll never know it. I'm saying to us today, we ought to be thankful for what God has done. For us. Mm. I'm glad I got one or two people <laughs> to clap right there. That was a good place. Let's go back, if you would, 
to our text because it speaks to this very topic of giving thanks. Again, in Luke 17, verse 11. And it came to pass as he went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. I submit to you there was many other ways that he could have taken, but he took this route because there was a need there. <laughs> Jesus always had this knack of knowing where a need is and how to meet and supply it. So he's there. And verse number 12 says, and as he entered into a certain village, he met ten men. They, they were not just ten ordinary men, but they were ten men, and the Bible says that they were lepers. Hmm. They were leopards. Maybe we need to go back for a moment and look at when we talk about leprosy, what that looked like. Well, first of all, leprosy was of that day a disease like no other. Leprosy would start off with a pain in a joint and then it would develop and the next thing you know on your skin there would be a discoloration. and It would move beyond the skin and go deep inside of the individual. After you had received leprosy, then you would then be in a position where you could no longer be with family and friends. Can, can you imagine being married to somebody for 40 years? But now you develop leprosy and they say, I'm sorry. This house is off limits to you. You've got to go in a leopard colony. I'm just trying, trying to help somebody to understand. The, the leprosy of that day would be compared to the AIDS of our day. When AIDS first came out, nobody wanted to be around an AIDS victim. More or less touched them. It was our ignorance. And please, nobody get offended. Ignorance just means not knowing. We thought as soon as you touch it, that's not how it's contracted. But back to leprosy. Leprosy would then begin to cause somebody to lose limbs. They, they had nubs for hands and their toes would fall off. They often called lepers the walking dead man. A lot of times you could spot them or fall off from their ragtag clothes and the stench that came from them. But because of the Levitical law, they were required to let you know that they were in your presence and they'll say something like, unclean, unclean. So you knew that a leper was about to approach. Leprosy really and truly has some likeness to sin. And we'll get there in a moment. But leprosy couldn't be cured back then. And if it was, it was your responsibility to go to the priest and show him. And then he would pronounce you clean. But it wasn't just as simple as that. When you get an opportunity, go to Leviticus, the 13th chapter, and you'll see what a priest had to do. Actually, I thought to myself, mm, he almost was a doctor. He had to look at the leprosy and ascertain if it was leprosy. He put you in quarantine for seven days, and then he'd come back and look at you. If the spot didn't spread, he'd put you in there again. Another seven days. You know, the Lord always deals with seven, <laughs> the number of completion. And so he puts you back in there and then he look at it and make sure no scab came over it. And he did this repeatedly. And then the next thing you know, he say, you're clean. You can go back to your life. 
I'm just trying to help somebody to understand what Jesus was up against. Ten men, they were there in his presence. Ten men that had leprosy, and they stood afar off. Remember, I, I asked you the question, or why did they stand afar off? And you said, why? Well, here's the answer. Because the Levitical law said so. In Numbers 5, 2 through 3, it says, Command the children of Israel that they put out of camp every leper and everyone that have an issue, and whosoever is defiled by the dead, both male and female, shall ye put out without the camp, shall he put them, that they defile not their camps in the midst whereof I dwell. Therefore, they were legally required to stand afar off. They were legally required to stand off at a distance. And thus their communication with Jesus was through shouting. We hear that. Verse 14 says, or verse 13 says, and they lifted up their voices. And they said, Jesus, master, have mercy on us. Mm. You see, their cry or plea was a, a common one of that day in time. Uh, you remember the two blind men that were sitting by the wayside or the roadside. And when they heard that Jesus was about to pass by, they cried saying, have mercy on us. O Lord, thou son of David. And that's in Matthew 9 and 27. And perhaps you might remember the Canaanite woman who came to Jesus begging him, and she began to say, have mercy on me, Lord. Son of David, my daughter is grievously vexed with the devil. Matthew 5, Matthew 15 and 22. And then I know many of you remember blind Bartimaeus. Blind Bartimaeus, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And, and, and I want to let you know that there's always going to be haters in the world. And the haters of that day, when they heard him crying out, they said, hush, why are you calling for the master? And the Bible says the more they tried to shush him, the louder he got. Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. Then finally. Somebody said, whoa, he got his attention. Jesus said, tell him to come here. <laughs> he said, you got what you was calling for today. The master wants to see you. So that was just a common plea in that day to say those words. In verse number 14 says, and when he saw them, he said unto them, go show yourself unto the priest. And it came to pass as they went they were cleansed. Jesus said unto them, go, show yourself. And as they went, they were cleansed. I need, that. I need somebody to get that in their spirit. He said, go, show yourself. And they went. And when they went, they were cleansed. Once again, proving faith without works is talk back to the preacher. In other words, simply put, they took the Lord at his word, putting works with their faith. And when they did, they got just what they needed. You see, the operative words here are as they went. In other words, as they obeyed, they were cleansed. 
if we are really to experience the fullness of God's spiritual blessings for our lives, we must be willing to do whatever the Lord is telling us to do. Now, let me ask, what is the Lord telling you, 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 you? What is the Lord telling you to do? I don't know. I'm not in that conversation. That's an A and B conversation. I'm seeing my way out. So I'm asking you, what is he telling you to do? Is it something you're grappling with? Because you say, if I give this up, I'm not going to have that. If I stop doing this, people are going to look at me like something's wrong with me. What is he asking you to do? What is he telling you to do? That you're not responding in complete obedience. Uh, I'm just saying Perhaps that's the reason why you're not seeing the blessings, because you're not doing what he said in obedience. Let me say this. Let me say it like this. Perhaps the reason why you're not seeing your blessings, because your blessings follow your obedience. They don't precede them, my brothers and sisters, guests and visitors. They follow them. Let's just think about this for a minute. It was only after naming obeyed the instructions given to him by the man of God, which was to dip seven times into the Jordan River. You, you, you know that account. Naaman had issues with the fact that out of all of the rivers, he picked the dirty, stinky, nasty Jordan River. I'm a man of prominence. I'm a mighty man of valor. And you're telling me to dip seven? Not, you're not just telling me to dip in there. You're telling me seven times. Little handmaiden said, Master, if he would have not told you to do something extraordinary, something great, would you have not done it? Yeah. She says, so why don't you do this? Why don't you just follow detailed instructions and do what the man of God said do? Go dip yourself seven times into the Jordan, like he said. You see, as long as Naaman was trying to figure it out, as long as he was trying to do it his way, his healing was held up. Somebody said, that's why. His healing was held up. But as soon as he did what he was instructed to do by the man of God, he was cleansed of his leprosy. So I submit to you, my brothers and sisters, guests and visitors, That it is the measure of your obedience to the Lord that will determine the measure of his blessings towards you. Causing you to experience the joy of the Lord in your life. In John 2 and 5, in part it says, whatsoever he saith unto you, do it. You remember that account? That's Jesus at the first miracle where he turned water into wine. The servants came, and she said, whatever he tell you to do, do it. He said, I don't need you to get me some pots and just fill it up with water. And after, after you fill it up with water, then I want you to serve the people. Yeah. Can you imagine that servant probably saying to the other servant, man, I can't lose my gig. You know, modern day vernacular. <laughs> These jobs are hard to come by. I give these people water, and they know it ain't. I give them water for wine, and they, they know what it tastes like. I'm a wine connoisseur tastes like water but she said whatsoever he says just do it i like that saying from nike just do it god is telling you to just do what i said stop playing around with me i know what i'm talking about 
I know the future. I know the thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord. Thoughts of good and not of evil to bring you to an expected end. And here you trying to figure it out. I already got this worked out. Naaman, go get yourself dipped seven times. Naaman did it. The servants did it with the water. In Acts 9 and 6 in part, Lord, what will thou have me to do? You remember that account? That's Paul. After getting knocked down off of the beast, <laughs> he gets up. Now he has the revelation. <laughs> okay, Lord. What you want me to do? My way ain't working. Can I say this to all of those people that you've been trying to work things out? Question on the floor. How's it working out for you? How's, it work? How's life working out for you? You trying to do it your way. Y'all been listening to too much Frank Sinatra. I did it my way. No, no. Your way going to cause you a life full of misery. Or oh, I'm trying to help a spirit out. Not a person. And see, it's your spirit that's stopping you from understanding that God has your best interest at heart. Full obedience brings the fullness of blessings. Full obedience brings the fullness of blessings. Verse 15. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back with a loud voice, glorifying God. One of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back with a loud voice, glorified God. I, I thought about this. I don't know what stage they were in. Maybe their toes hadn't fallen off yet, so they had a little glide in their stride. I, I don't know if the fingers were still on. But, but just suppose you're, you're one of the ten, and, and as you're going, as you're following what he said, I, I've got to make it to the priest so they can declare me clean. I, I've got an offering I need to give them. But while I'm on my way, I, I'm looking. I'm running it. And I notice my finger is back. I, I notice my toes are back. I, I notice I got a glide in my stride. I can run a while. As soon as he was cognizant of the fact he was healed, the Bible said he turns around and goes back and he falls on his face. I thought about that. Falling on his face at the feet of Jesus. And the Bible says, giving thanks. Lord, giving thanks. I wonder what that sounded like. I wonder what his thank you, Jesus Thank you, Jesus. I, I wonder what it sounds like for somebody that had been outside in a leper colony, outside his home, recognizing I get an opportunity to go back to the house. I don't know how his thank you was, but evidently he was there before the Lord telling him, thank you. I got some giving of thanks to give you. Verse number 16 says, and when one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back with a loud voice and glorified God, fell down on his face, giving him thanks. And then it took time to say these words. And he was a Samaritan. Hmm. Samaritan. 
those half-breed, those people that are lower than dirt. A Samaritan. It's that same situation that we find Jesus at a well, and a, a Samaritan woman comes, and Jesus says, would you give me some water? Because the contention between Jews and Samaritan was so intense, she says, excuse me, sir, are you asking me for some water? You must don't know who I am. My brothers and sisters, guests and visitors, he has the propensity to look beyond who you are and see your need. He looks right through you. And he says to her, ma'am, listen, if you knew who it was asking you for some water, You'd ask me to give you that living water that you never thirst again. Now, all of a sudden, she flips it. Well, Lord, give me that water that I don't ever have to come here and fetch water again. And she was a Samaritan. What I'm trying to say to you is Jesus doesn't have any respect of color. He is the God of the human race. (laughs) All lives matter to him. I've got to tell you it like that. Because if we're not careful, we'll get tripped up in what the world is doing. But the Bible took special note to say that, and he was a Samaritan. Perhaps it was because of him being a Samaritan. Uh, Remembering from whence he came, That caused him to immediately do an about face. Turn around with such an attitude of gratitude. And a high level of giving of thanks. For all that was done for him. In essence my brothers and sisters, guests and visitors. He didn't forget to say thank you Lord. In verse 17. And Jesus answered and said. Were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? Hmm. Everybody say, where are the nine? That's a good question. And I'm going to let you answer it. You see, the nine were believed to be Jews. And sometimes when you think that you're the chosen people, you don't have to do as much as anybody else. You, you, You haven't been forgiven of a lot of sin. But let me give revelation to all you sinners Somebody say, I'm saved. No, we're all sinners. We're sinners that have been saved by the grace of God. So I'm saying to all of you sinners, it is perhaps because we have been forgiven for so much, we praise him the way we do. Perhaps it's because of where he brought you from and brought you out of that you've got a continual praise on your lips and a song in your heart. But you know I can get those that feel that you know you've arrived. So you can sit there like I don't have to praise him like that. Let me say this to the most conservative praiser in the house. <laughs> every now and then you ought to show some signs. <laughs> hey, every now and then you ought to lift up your voice. Every now your hand ain't broke. You can move it and say thank you, G. If that good one is messed up. Remind me, the service, this brother, he was in an accident. He was on his job. He was a machinist. His hand got caught in the machine, messed his hand up bad. He was known for praising God. I mean, all the church watched him because he'd be the first one to jump like popcorn. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. 
And believe it or not, even in church, you got some, some haters. Yeah. Yeah. It was, they were sitting in that service. Let's see what he do now. Yeah. His hand was all taped up, bandaged up. Let's see what he do now. You know what he did? He took his good hand and said, Lord, I still thank you. I still thank as long as you got a good one. You can lift it up and praise him. So the question is, we're not there 10 that were healed. And Jesus, you know, he knows everything. So evidently, this is a rhetorical question, meaning no need for an answer. When he said, then where are the nine? I'm posing that question to you today because in order for that question to be answered, you have to ask yourself, am I the nine? Am I the nine? Oh, we sing the song when our praises go up, the blessings come down. But it's a collaborative effort. Everybody ought to have some praises going up. Stop being one of those fish and loaves crowd. When your praises go up, the blessings come down. But let me give you revelation, my brother and sister, guest and visitor. Perhaps you are getting some of the overflow of that person that's next to you. Because they praising God like they lost their last bit of mind. I got to say thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Sometimes we get caught up in our emotions. We get caught up in ourselves. And sometimes we have these parties that is just one person there. In case you've ever been invited and in case you're that person and you want to invite me, no, sir, no, ma'am. I don't participate in pity parties. No, I don't. I'll tell that person that's throwing that party, keep that invitation to yourself. Because in a pity party, the devil is laughing. I got him. Look at him. I got him beat down. But if you can at that very moment remember, he said, let the weak say that I am strong. <laughs> let the weak. I'm weak right about now. I'm very vulnerable. But I'm still strong. Why? Because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I'm able to still have a praise in the midst of of what I'm dealing with. My brothers and sisters, he said, where are the nine? There are not found, verse 18, that return to give glory to God, save this stranger, except this stranger. And listen what he says in verse number 19. And he said unto him, arise, go thy way, thy faith have made thee whole. Thy faith have made thee whole. Someone here today, someone here needs to know that it's your faith in God that will turn your situation around. Somebody needs to stop believing what you're seeing and start seeing what you say you believe God will do for you. In essence, I'm telling somebody, start speaking your results. Minister Cummins, now there's a house on the corner being erected. But you have to speak those things as though they already were. You, you don't see them. You've got 
to speak your results. That's what the Hendersons did. <laughs> I felt that sometimes them doctors said, these people don't lost it. I'm here telling them what the prognosis and diagnosis is. And they saying, uh-uh, I don't need that. I won't need a bone marrow transplant. I'm telling you, that's what I call flat-footed. Standing on the word of God. I'm not seeing what I believe. The platelets are low. But I'm not seeing what I believe to be the end. But I've got to speak my results. The results is, <laughs> I wish I could have been a fly on the wall that day when the doctors had to come in as the priest had to do. The priest had to pronounce that leopard clean. Then he could go back to life as usual. I love to have been there. Just to see the expression on his face, because I, I know you and Sister Henderson's expression was, didn't we tell you? Didn't we say that? <laughs> well, Mr. Henderson, I just want you to know the cancer is in remission. You can ring the bell, because that's, that's, that's a little tradition that they do. <laughs> ah, but I, I submit to you long before the physical bell was being rung. There were some bells being rung in glory, saying, God, I want to thank you. I want to thank you. I told you this wasn't your go through. We went through it, brother. Watching you stand, watching Sister Henderson stand upon the B-I-B-L-E. That's the book for me. I stand upon the word of God. The B-I-B-L-E. Woo! We've got to speak our results. Now, if you just give me the last few minutes on a personal note, I just want to say thank you, Lord. I want to say thank you, Lord, for when I begin to think of your goodness toward me and my family and all that you've done for us, there is an attitude of gratitude and a spirit of thanksgiving that's overwhelming. And I can't help but to say thank you, Lord, for all the things you've done for me, the things that were so undeserved, but yet you gave to prove your love for me. I want to say, Lord, I thank you. I thank you, Lord. I want to be that one that comes and returns over and over again with a heart full of praise, a heart full of thanksgiving, and my mouth full to overflowing with praise. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. Because the Lord is good and his mercy endure forever. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord for he is good and for his mercy endureth forever. I just want to say thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And I just want to thank you, Lord. I can't help but say
Thank you, Father. I gotta give you thanks. Because, Lord, everything that you have done, I didn't look at it now. I thank you, Lord, for the release of every chain. Everywhere I go, God, I gotta give you praise. Because you have heard my cry. We have been smothered by the grace of God, and it has brought us joy. Therefore, Lord, we was able to make a joyful noise in this city. We have learned to forgive, and with that in mind, God, I just can't stop praising you. In the name of Jesus, we give you praise. Amen.